And I promised I was going to bring the second part of the message will be reconciliation. So the ministry of reconciliation, what, what I originally planned to talk to you about. But I think God wants me to talk about something else. As we um, are ministering and being ministered to, I think God stressed in my heart about something else. And it's to talk about how important you are to God. So worshiping him as we been ministered to and as we ministering to him, he spoke in my ear about how important you are to him. And I want to talk briefly on that. And I want us to celebrate him because of that again. <laughs> I think it is, it is just awesome you know, to know that you know, God cares so much about us and to know that we're important to him. Because a lot of times, the circumstances of life and the situation we go through often dictates the contrary. We see ourselves in so many ways that is far away from the way God sees us. We see ourselves oftentimes in, in such a way that is diametrically opposed to the way God sees us. And so as you worship him this morning, he says, you are very important to me. And he wants us to know that, amen? Now I want to read from the scripture here. And I believe you're familiar with this scripture. It's in Ephesians. Book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians, chapter 1. And give me a moment while I go to Ephesians. And I want to read it in message translation. Ephesians chapter 1, remember we read, we studied the book of Ephesians, if you have not forgotten, not quite long ago, and I hope we still remember. So I want to read from verse number 7, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this morning that your word will have a place in our heart. As you have said in your word, that we are special, special and critically important to you. And so this morning I pray that the eyes of, the eyes of everyone and the ear and the heart of everyone be enlightened as your word comes unto us. And you help us to comprehend what it is and why we are important to you. And at the end, let your name be glorified. As we pray in Jesus' name. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, I'm reading from verse number 7, Ephesians chapter 1. 
Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We are a free people. Free of penalties of punishments. Shocked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either. Abundantly free. He thought of everything. Provided for everything we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything will be brought together and sum up in him everything. In deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we find, we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us and designed on us for glorious living. Part of overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. It is in Christ that you, once you have the truth and believe it, this message of your salvation, found yourself home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God, that is the Holy Spirit, is the first installment of what's coming. A reminder that we will get everything God has planned for us. A praising and a glorious life. I prophesy in the name of God that every doubt in your mind, every confusion, every obstacle, every gloomness trying to alter or convince you otherwise that what God said will not come to pass. I cause those doubts in the name of Jesus. And I cast them out in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy the peace of God that passes all understanding to rest on you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 15. 
That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the master, Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. I did more than that. Every time I prayed, I would think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask, and this is the prayer for us this morning, the yearning in the heart of the Holy Spirit for everyone here this morning. I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and designing in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust in him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to rise on your feet this morning. Now I want you to speak to God on those words. I want you to use your mouth to talk to God. Paul was here saying, this is my prayer for you. I do more than giving thanks on behalf of you, but I pray. I pray to God, our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent. Now I want you to ask for the intelligence of God. Harvard cannot give you this intelligence. Your years of experience in being a Christian will not give you that intelligence. There is no human physical institution to give you what God is talking about here. Paul said, I ask God to give you intelligence. I want us to pray this morning for this intelligence. You see, when our faculties agree <coughs> with what the Spirit of God is doing, we begin to get result. Our faculty is the greatest obstacle to what God wants to do. And what God is calling us to. This morning the Holy Spirit. Wants to help us. That God. Will. Make. You. Intelligent. And discerning. In knowing him. Personally. Will you talk to God this morning? I am not satisfied with church. I am not content with human intellect. 
I am not satisfied with all that I've been told. But Lord, I want you to make me intelligent. I want you to make me intelligent. I want you, Lord, to give me that intelligence that I need to know you personally. My human faculty needs some renewing. My senses, my, my mentality needs some divine touch so that my head can agree with my heart. So that my head can agree with my spirit. Everything I have learned and everything I have known is contrary to what God is talking to, to me about. I need to be intelligent so that I can know him personally. This morning, God wants us to talk to him. We are so critically important to God that he has done so much. Everything we can ever need and everything we can ever ask for. But God wants us to be intelligent. He wants us to be smart in knowing him personally. So the Holy Spirit is available 24 by 7 to help us. But our intelligent, human intelligence can be an obstacle. We want God's intelligence. We want God to renew our mind. We want God to give us his own intelligence. Whereby we may design and know him personally. Because everything we read prior to this time culminates to this one thing. All that he has prepared, everything he has done. When we tap into his intelligence for us, that he sanctions our intelligence, it begins to make sense. We begin to see things differently. We begin to understand differently. I ask the God of our Father, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. You said, I am born again. Yes, you are born again. I am born again. I absolutely agree. For no one who will praise him, who will say, Jesus is Lord, that is not born again. You are born again. But we're human. And our humanity gets in the way of God. And that's why Paul is praying. And the Holy Spirit wants us to pray this morning for God's intelligence. So that our mind, our head, our faculty, our intelligence. We be that which God has put there to discern and know him personally. Because when we get to the personal knowledge of Christ things change things change all of a sudden our eyes are wide open and we begin to see the glorious life that he's talking about if you read that scripture you see he multiple times he's talking about a glorious life the glorious life the glorious life that he has prepared for us Lord, help us. Help us this morning in the name of Jesus to design and know you personally. Help our eyes to be focused. 
and to be clear. Clear from every entanglement. So we can see exactly what it is that you are calling us to do. And grasp the immensity of this glorious life. A glorious way of life you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's be seated briefly. Let's be seated quickly. See, they, they, when God began to plan in heaven, as we have seen when we read that scripture, if you go back to from verse 7, he talks about this, this long range of plan in which everything, everything will be brought, everything will be brought and summed up in Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. In deepest heaven, he says, and everything on planet earth. Just, just think about this for a moment. Maybe we use a physical example. That there is this, this plan. Let's say the United States of America, for example, there is this, this uh, what is that word? Um, the American dream. Let's say there is this American dream that has been planned in which, you know, everything, you know, about America and everything about the glorious life in America has been planned and packaged. And for some reasons, you are at the center of it all. And you do not know. You just did not know. You are oblivious of it. And all that has been packaged, everything that has been done, was done in strict consideration of making sure that everything you need, as far as American dream is concerned, is already prepackaged for you. But for one way or the other, you are oblivious of it, you do not know. And you live in America, and in America, and then your life is in such a way that does not align with what is in the plan, because you don't know. And by chance, someone happened to come to reveal it to you, to show you what. Is in the plan, in the American dream plan for you, not like the politicians. Because everything they tell us is just not true. <laughs> Unfortunately, they tell us all the beautiful things that they plan and all these wonderful things. But American dream for us, but there seems to be nothing in it for us. You know, it's not like that. But let's just assume that it's true. You know, and then you come to know about it. Do you think your attitude will remain the same? 
if what was in the plan for you is not being, it's not what you are saying at the moment, what will you do? Will you do anything at all? Absolutely. You're not going to just be sitting down and doing nothing. Amen? I think what God did from before the foundation of the earth with all these wonderful plans and all these wonderful things that he had in stock, you know, was hidden until Christ came. This was not done after the advent of Christ. No, this was done from before the foundation of the earth. God already conceived. Let me read it again to you. So it doesn't look like I'm making up words. <clears throat> look at what he says. He said, he set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on earth planet. And he said, it was, um, let me read verse 11 and 12. It said, it is in Christ Jesus that we find out who we are, the revealer of that package is Christ, and what we are living for long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up. He had his eyes on us, had design on us for a glorious living, part of the overall purpose. He is working out in everything and in everyone. Now the fact is, before you got born again, before you heard about the gospel, before you, you have your hope up in Christ, all these things were already done, were completed, were perfected. It God revealed to us when we came to Christ. But it has been there all along. It's been done from before the foundation of the earth. How critical, how important are you to God? Now, God had us in mind far, far before we were ever conceived, before we were ever born. Now, when he sent, when Paul was praying for, for, the, for intelligence here, it is because when you look at it, from the human sense, from the human realm, uh, it, it just... It's difficult to comprehend. Because, for example, how many of us plan for, the, for things we know nothing about? You have planned for something you know nothing about. You just, you know, you just have planned, just have this wonderful plan, and all of a sudden, then something happened, then... You know, you say, oh, well, I've known all along. That's why I planned before. I mean, in my sense, I think about it and I say, okay, I did not exist. So how? I mean, I, it's difficult to correlate. If I did not exist, then how did you have plan for me? And that is one way of looking at it. The second way of looking at it is to say, wow. 
So even when I did not exist, you already planned for me. So when he is praying for intelligence, he wants you to think in the latter. It takes God's intelligence to think that way, to say, wow. You did not even know about me, yet you plan for me. Human intelligence will rationalize and say, amen. But what I was saying is human intelligence will make you think and say, oh, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Because as human beings, we only plan when there is an expectation for something, when we know something, right? Then we plan. For example, you're expecting a baby. Okay, your wife is pregnant. That's when you buy diapers and you buy stuff. If there's no pregnancy yet, I don't think you're going to begin to arrange a room, you know. Is, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that fear? So God... Because he knows the end from the beginning. And because it is all his plan. The earth and everything in it is created in Christ and for Christ. God is the originator. God is the one that designed the earth. And in his earliest design, right from the beginning, he's making known to us that he already had us in mind. And so God's intelligence will help me not to think like, you know, an ordinary human. To think and say, wow, even before I was conceived, you've already had all this plan for me. And that will begin to help us to comprehend how important we are to him. See, the devil will not want us to think that way. He wants us to think in the other way. To think he's just Christian cliche. To think he's just, you know, one of these Jesus' follower cliche. So God is opening our heart and opening our eyes to see what he had in mind even before we were conceived. Even before you got born again. Hallelujah. And why is this very, very critical? This is critical because if God had all this wonderful plan, I hope you keep track of those. I don't want to keep repeating and keep reading it. If God had all those wonderful plans before the foundation of the earth and before I got born again, now that I'm born again, do you think he erased those plans? So here is how the devil gets us. You did absolutely nothing for him to think like that towards you. You did zero effort for him to have all this wonderful plan in place for you. All of a sudden now, the devil wants you to believe 
that it all depends on your work of righteousness. That it would depend on your effort to keep it so. And this is where the grace message conflicts in so many people's mind. It is so hard to comprehend that God's grace, God's love, God's provision is not contingent on our performance. And because of the earliest doctrine, we do not appreciate or understand how much, how important we are to God. We diminish our importance because of our, let me read it again. Let me see if I can get this across because that may be the only thing I'm able to get across. Let me read it from verse 7 again. Uh, let me see if someone will pick it up. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people. Track with me here. Free of penalties and punishment, shocked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. You did absolutely nothing to earn that. You did nothing to send Jesus to the cross. You did nothing for him to pour out his blood. No, it was all because of God's plan. From the beginning, the plan he already has for you and me. And so all our misdeeds, every of our wrongdoing, Jesus in God, right from the before the foundation of earth, was to take care of it. Why? Because he, have, he has his eyes on us from the beginning. He set his mind right from the beginning that we're going to be the apple of his eyes. He set his mind right from the beginning that we're going to be critically important to his program on earth, to all the plan he has, to everything he wants to do. He made up his mind from the beginning that we are clearly important, and as a result of that, all our misdeeds. Everything put together, he put on Christ. So that his original plan will not be altered. So that everything he has in mind concerning you and myself will be actualized. So we did nothing for him to do that. Is that correct? And all those wonderful plans, the glorious life, you know, all those things that he has in place for us. As we embrace and believe in Christ, they are ours. 
we enter into them. But our head continuously mess with us to think that our misdeed will hinder us from what he has provided for us. And this way it gets trickish. Because someone is saying, well, do you, are, you, are you sanctioning that we go and continue in our misdeed? No. No. The prayer Paul was praying is that when we comprehend and know him personally, all of a sudden we see what he has done. And everything he has implanted for us, in spite of us, and no one is going to compel us to change our mind. No one is going to force us. No, all of a sudden, for example, a child, you know, a child, um, you know, woke up on Christmas Day without any preparation, without any prayer request. No expectation whatsoever. Came down from the stair in his pajamas and saw the Christmas tree and saw all kind of gifts wrapped up and opened them and saw that it was his name on those gifts. Do you think that child needs anyone to tell him how much the father loves him to have prepared all those gifts, to have, you know, put all those things wrapped and his name on them without doing anything? That's the expectation of God. And that's what Paul is praying for. That if we comprehend what God did from the beginning, how important we are to him, what the way he looks at us, the way he embraced us, the way he has planned for us, that when we come to that understanding, all of a sudden, we can walk into that glorious life unhindered. Amen? Here is one, you know, bubble that you can blow. Whether you believe in grace or not, you are first and foremost human on a fallen word. And there is close to 100% assurance that you will make mistakes, whether you like it or not. Close to 100% assurance that you will make mistakes. The good news is that God knew that. He knew that. And he made provision for it. And that's again because you are beloved. You are important. You are so loved by him. He made provision for it. So that when I make Mistakes, he takes care of it. And as I see that, 
His love continued to wax stronger in my heart. I continued to say, wow. You know, in spite of everything I have done, he still loves me. His plan never changed concerning me. Every promises he made, they are still there. It's still intact for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are very, very important to God. Everything God has planned for this earth planet is contingent upon his love for us. And he is counting on it. And it is not just us. It is even those that are yet to know him today. Everything on earth is going to sum up to Christ one day. Whether you believe it now or not. Everything on earth is going to sum up to Christ. And for us that we are lucky that we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we need to know how important we are to him. And begin to respond appropriately. Begin to live our lives as those who understand how important we are to our Father. Begin to appreciate the love our Father has for us. Begin to respond adequately enough in like manner. You see, as we worship God this morning, as we honor him, as we hone on to him, as we appreciate him, as we press him, God is not expecting anything less tomorrow. He is not expecting anything less even when you crash into another car going back home, if you crash into another car going back home today. He's not expecting anything less when we face the circumstances of life. He's not expecting anything less when our bosses are terrorizing us at our jobs. He is not expecting anything less when we're having issues in our families. He wants us to stay there. He wants us to, you know, to, to maintain the atmosphere where we worship him, where we love on him, where we appreciate him, where we continuously celebrate him. Responding in understanding how he loves us. Responding with an understanding of how important we are to him on a daily basis. And as we do that, it is an automation for us to enter into this glorious life he so promised. My prayer this morning and my heart desire this morning is that as we walk out of this auditorium today, that the celebration that you participate in this morning will continue. That on a daily basis, you begin to see God in that dimension. That you begin to see God in that light. You begin to experience God in that light and no other way. 
Because the tendency is when we leave church, you know, it's almost as if, okay, back to the basis. And I guess that's why God is saying to us, he wants us in that atmosphere. He wants us in that same, you know, atmosphere on a daily basis, on a regular basis. When we continue to fellowship with him, we continue to love on him, we continue to appreciate him, continue to count all his many blessings, continue to go back to all the plans he had for us from before the foundation of the earth, and we begin to give him thanks on every, every situation, amen, in every situation, amen. Let's rise on our feet. I want you to now pray for your neighbor. Get someone to pray for. And talk to God on their behalf. If there be any circumstance, any situation in that life you are holding hands with, that is not resembling the glorious life that Christ promised. I want you to prophesy into those lives <clears throat> that God in his infinite mercy, according to his word, begin to infuse into that life you are holding God's glorious way of life that he has for his followers. That God will begin to grant unto, her or unto him an endless energy and boundless strength to live for God. If there be any circumstance, if there be any situation in that life, that such we bow unto the glorious life of Christ this moment, this very moment, this very moment. The celebration will begin in this life you're holding from now to eternity. That there shall be no end to the celebration in this life. God's celebration. If there be needs, any need at all in that life, that the Lord will open the windows of heaven this moment and meet those needs. The Bible said God confirming his word with signs and wonders. That the Lord will confirm his word this afternoon in this life with signs and with wonders. Everything he or she may need is in Christ Jesus. That the windows of heaven be made open for the manifestations of all those needs that are represented in those lives. Everything is what God says. Everything. We don't know what they are. We don't really care. But as long as it has a name, it's a need. We ask right now in the name of Jesus that those needs be met by divine orchestration, by the divine authority in the name of Jesus. That every need, everything that is needed in that life to manifest the glorious life of Jesus be released now. Let them be released. Let them be released in the name of Jesus.
Let them be released. Let those be released. Everything needed. Everything needed to manifest the glorious life of Jesus. Let it be released now. Let it be released. God loves us so much that he has prepared everything for us even before we came into the scene. And therefore, if there be anything missing, there may be, let the heavens be open right now. And let God release his grace to meet those needs. And as we leave this assembly today, that we continue to celebrate the glorious life that God has called us into. And we'll be laser focused on what he has called us to do. That God will begin to do and live his life in us. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you, our my God. Blessed be thy name, our Father. We glorify your name. We thank you for as many, O oh Lord God Almighty, that are here under the sound of my voice this hour, I declare that your glorious life will be made manifest. In everyone, every man, and every woman, and every sphere of our influence, we know, Lord, you love us. You've made provision for us before we got here. Lord, you set your heart on us even before we were born. And so, Lord, that glorious life that you have designed for us from before the foundation of the earth, we want to walk in them. Beginning from this moment onward, Lord, we want to live our life every day celebrating and glorifying your holy name. We know there will be challenges. Yes, Lord, we know. But we have our eyes focused on what you've already completed from before the foundation of the earth, and we will live a glorious life, celebrating and glorifying your name all the days of our lives. And we will affect our generation for you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, our Redeemer God. We glorify your name, and we pray in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.